Welcome to Beyond the Dollar with me, Sarah Lee Kane, a show where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. This week, we're going to recap my conversation with Cassandra Dason last week. I'm going to dive into what it means to be a financial caretaker, the exact feeling Cassandra felt when she was able to drop everything to be with her mom, knowing she can pay for whatever it cost, and questions you can ask to help you cultivate those same feelings yourself. All right, get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. friends, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Cassandra Dason, I suggest you listen to that one. It's about 26-ish minutes long. It'll give you more of a context of what I'm going to talk about in this episode. All right, in any case, let's do a quick recap. So Cassandra was her mother's financial caretaker for a number of years. That meant she paid for a long-term care facility when her mother became ill. And Cassandra was also able to fly from the U.S. where she currently lives to Montreal, Canada where her mother was, to be at her deathbed. And this is while we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Cassandra ended up spending a whopping five figures on that trip alone. And that doesn't even include the amount that she ended up spending for her mother's care the entire time. So that was about, I think, $15,000 a year for a number of years. Now, how did she feel about spending all that money? Let's ask Cassandra herself. There was no issue with me because I made sure that my financial vest was on and secure and that no matter how much her costs were, I could absorb it. Would I take on a second job? Yeah, I would have taken on a second job if I had to. But I really made sure to, in my career, I broke free from the under-earning pattern that I had suffered from a long time and I vaulted myself into a six-figure career over time and kept my expenses really, really low. You know, So I was able to absorb that extra set of expenses without any resentment. And that's so key. Like I never resented the fact that I felt the need to care for her. There was no negative emotion associated with that. So yes, it was a thank you from my part to her because knowing her life story as I do, it's amazing that she even survived a lot of the things that happened to her. And then to choose to have me in a stage of life where she didn't really need the burden of a new baby at 40, like There's so much wrapped up in there, emotionally speaking, that I never felt I owed it to her because she never asked me. She never guilted me. What Cassandra is getting here is that she spent the money out of love. We talked about in the last episode that in a way her spending money was a way of saying thank you to her mom, right? Cassandra was actually really proud of spending that money and having the financial means to do so. And you know, being able to take care of her mother and to be with her in her last days on earth. So a question I encourage you to think about is what have you spent money on that you do not regret at all or that you were really happy to spend? So in this case, Cassandra knew that the numbers may not make sense, right? To spend $15,000 a year on care and to spend over five figures flying for a very sad trip, right? Um, I think she went there for about three weeks. And it doesn't make sense, right? Because we were talking about the numbers in the last episode and Cassandra was talking, oh, I could have invested it. It could have earned me more. It could have continued to set me up for success. But it's clear that she didn't care. Now, when you're asking yourself like, oh, what have I spent that I do not regret at all or that I was really, really happy to spend, you may not have spent as much as she did. But go on, just list whatever you can down. This is a really useful exercise. I promise we'll get to 
why. So before we get to that, an example of my own life is books, right? Not as much as $15,000 a year, I don't think anyways. For me, books are really worth spending on and I don't regret it. As long as I know that I'm going to read them, I'm happy to buy a book. So a few reasons is to further my own education. I'm just really curious about something and I'd rather read it from a book than going online. Or I really want to support the author of that book, right? It can definitely make a lot more sense to find at the library or to put the book on reserve or sorry, to put on hold, right? If somebody borrowed it, but I choose not to because if I really want to support the author, the way I want to do is to buy the book. If I really want to learn something, I want to be able to just have access to that information, especially if it's a reference book. I don't have to keep borrowing from the library if I don't want to. So back to that question of why is it important to talk about the money you love spending or you don't regret spending at all? The simple answer to that is we need to remind ourselves that we are in control of our financial lives in some way. Yes, some people have a degree of control that some people don't, whether that's income or other circumstances. But the idea of thinking about money as a source of joy or spending it in a way that you do not regret spending it is really a way to, again, remind ourselves that money is essentially a tool to enhance your life, right? You can and do in some sense have some control over money, varying degrees of control, again, of course, but it is ultimately a tool to enhance your life. And if it's a tool to help you get pure, unadulterated joy, that's great. If it's like Cassandra to help take care of a loved one and you're not doing it begrudgingly, that's amazing. Now, do you want to know the exact feeling Cassandra felt when she was able to afford the flights to Montreal and the hotel and all of the funeral costs and all of those things that when her mother was dying? It's the exact same feeling you feel or felt when you spent money without regret. It's about knowing that you won't change that decision for anything in the world. Again, sounds really simple. You're like, what are you talking about, Sarah? (laughs) And in that case, I encourage you to take a few seconds to see what that feeling feels like for you in a visceral way, right? In your mind and in your body. I find it really helpful when I'm trying to think of feelings and how I'm feeling my body or even in my mind to close my eyes. It really helps me visualize maybe the exact same situation or the item or the service, whatever it is that I spent money on. And it gives me, it grounds me in a way to be able to do that and just to think about it. So I encourage you that if, if that is helpful to close your eyes and to visualize what it is that you're feeling, how are you feeling? Ultimately, cultivating those feelings is really motivating, to be honest. And not all the time, right? Motivation is really going to help you, but it can serve as a reminder of, oh, this is a feeling I want to cultivate. And how am I going to continue to cultivate those feelings when I'm spending, saving, or investing money? Now, I'm sure you're wondering, Sarah, I can't afford to throw away tens of thousands of dollars like that. Like, I don't. I just don't. And if that's you, I get it. It is an immense privilege to be able to do that, even if it's a few hundred dollars where you just drop the few hundred dollars for an emergency. It is an immense privilege to be able to do that, right? Like my first guest in the season says, using money as a final filter is really an immense privilege. As you heard earlier in that clip with Cassandra, 
She said she would have taken on a second job if she could. Again, that's also an aspect of privilege. Whatever your case may be, if you want to cultivate those feelings or to be able to spend money on something that's truly, truly important to you and that you want, you're not going to regret the money or even though the numbers don't really work, the question here becomes, what are you willing to do to make sure you can financially take on an expense? So again, for Cassandra, she would have taken on a second job. Maybe that's your case. Maybe that's withdrawing some money in your savings temporarily. Whatever it is, there's no right or wrong answer here. Because ultimately, it is your money. It is whether or not you are willing to do that. Understand all the consequences of whatever that decision is. And then to be able to say, okay, I'm going to do this because I want to financially take on this expense, whatever that is. So here's Cassandra talking about what she would have done if she didn't have the means to do so. Now, spoiler alert, she would have still found a way to get the money for her mother's care anyways. I was fortunate to, to have set myself up financially to be in a position to do that for her. If things had been different where I didn't have the fund and the means, well, then I would have exhausted whatever social services structure that exists in, in Quebec, which there is one. But what would that have meant for her? That would have meant she would have ended up in a public institution where my mother lacked from a financial perspective in terms of, let's say, wealth or being comfortably upper middle class or whatever, however you want to term that. She made up for it in terms of values, like core values, teaching me to be proud of myself, teaching me to go after what's really important to me in life. Like she wasn't sophisticated. She wasn't into the stock market and options and all of that, but she really impressed upon me the urgency of making sure I had my own money as a woman, whether I was married or not, and treating others well, because she always explained it as you'd never know whose help you may need one day. And it's really important to treat people with respect. So the core set of values, like in terms of faith, in terms of self-worth, in terms of love, in terms of kindness, like that helped me in my personal and professional journey in terms of how I interacted with people, in terms of how I chose to look at life it, it, from a not only a glass half full, but like appreciation for being alive itself. So I went from someone who was a high consumer, very consumerist, buying a lot of things to satiate my need to spend. And I completely turned my life into a direction where I'm not a minimalist by any means, but I'm very selective of where my money goes and how I spend it, that it aligns with my purpose and my values. So she helped me to write that financial course, not through money itself, but through the meaning of money. At the end of the day, you know what your priorities and values are in your life and what you would consider worth spending on. The key here is to hone in on what that is and then get the basics in order for your finances. I know it's boring to think about budgeting and paying off debt and getting an emergency fund and all of those things, but go back to that feeling of being able to drop tens of thousands of dollars or thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars on items that bring you joy or whatever it is that you want. I'm sure you want that for yourself. If you're not there yet, I know you'll find a way to make it work. That's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Dollar. Feel free to reach out to me, slide in my DMs on Instagram at Beyond the Dollar, or you can email me at 
hello at beyondthedollar.co and let me know what you think of this episode or how you are going to cultivate those feelings where you're not going to regret spending thousands of dollars on something. And even some of the basics that you're going to get better at, maybe it's budgeting or paying down your debt. And if you liked this episode, please share with a friend. It'll help spread the mission of what we're trying to do around here, which is have more deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. As always, thank you for listening to Beyond the Dollar, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Props to Donovan Durance for composing this awesome theme music. Music